which is also a siyum of Mesech the Kinim and the entire Seder Kachim. At the end, in our parsha, it talks about a woman that gave birth. So, one of the things that she has to do is she's tame for a certain period of time, and then she has to bring carbonus, which uh, could be two birds. One should be as a carbon oil, and one should be as a carbon chata. So, the Mishnah at the very end of Mesech the Kinim says that if a woman committed herself to bring, in addition to the, what she is obligated to bring, to bring two more birds. So those two birds should be brought as two carbon oilers, because there's no chatos which is brought as a, as a donation offering. So she has to bring a carbon oiler and a carbon chatos, and then two additional carbon oilers. But then the Mishnah describes, if she gave them to the Kayan, and the Kayan was unaware that there's supposed to be two oilers, the other two are supposed to be two oilers, they brought them all as two oilers and two chatas and then she's not sure about what she gave him and she gave him there's it could be either a toir or a yaina which are two different types of birds and they shouldn't be brought as this as uh, they have to be brought at the same type and then the kayan doesn't know what he actually did so there's multiple levels of questions that could occur which causes that she should have to bring additional carbonus because we don't know what happened we don't know what she said, we don't know what she did, we don't know what the Kayan did. So it brings, uh, the, the, the Mishnah gives scenarios in which you can bring seven or eight additional karbonas. Then the Mishnah continues, Rabbi Yeshua said, this is what uh, they meant when they said that when, uh, when he's alive, he has one voice. When he's dead, he has seven voices. Meaning to say that a, when a, a sheep is alive, it bleats, it has one sound that it makes. When it dies... You could use the two horns to make trumpets for the Beis Amigdash. You could use the two thigh bones to make flutes. You could use the uh, skin to make uh, a drum. You could use the intestines to make different stringed instruments, which they used intestines for the strings. And some say that even the wool can be used on the bottom of the uh, the of the robe that the Kayin Gadol brought, a war which had on it bells, so therefore when the blue wool uh, pomegranates bang against the metal bells, they make the sound, that's another sound that can be produced. What it means to say on the simple level is that this woman only has to bring four carbonus, and then it, it multiplied into going into eight and seven or eight additional carbonus. Because of the mistake that happened, just like when the sheep dies, it leads to multiple more sounds, greater sounds, so also because of the mistakes that occurred, it added so many more carbonas to be brought in the Beis Amigdash. So we have to understand what exactly is Rabbi Yeshua saying here. He needs to bring an example of uh, something which uh, <clears throat> originally it was less and then it becomes more. For that we need an example to understand it. What is being, what is understood better about the sheep with its seven, with its seven multiple sounds that we don't understand from, you know, a certain situation brings four, and then because of things that happen, now you have to bring more. What's so difficult to understand that he needs this, this marshal? Then he continues in the mission, and he says, Reb Shimon Akasha said that uh, the elderly, ordinary people, the older they get, their mind becomes less functional, becomes unsettled. Whereas, uh, as in, he brings a pasuk, and uh, whereas elderly scholars... It's not so. The older they get, the more settled their mind becomes, as he, and he brings a Pasuk to show that. 
which I guess, which uh, in a certain sense means to support that which it said earlier that when it's uh, when the sheep is alive, it it has one voice. When it dies, when it becomes old and dies, it becomes seven voices. In other words, calls manshemaskinim. The older they get, the more useful they become with wisdom. But then the question is, why does he bring in about the regular people that they become less functional in their minds? If he if he wanted to focus on the ziknia. Um, Torah, then he just sort of brought that and especially that he brings the Zikne Ame'aretz first why does he have to bring that first he sh- if he wants to bring it, he should have bring it at the end to say the opposite so we have to understand all these things so the explanation of all this, when you learn the halacha of the uh, of the birds that the woman has to bring so the original birds that she has to bring is only four two for her obligation, two for her personal uh, commitment, and that's all she has to bring. Now, because of all these mistakes that happen, suddenly that we're bringing seven, eight multiple carbonas, what is the status of these carbonas? Where do they fit in? They shouldn't have been, there should be no need for them. She only, uh, she only committed, she's committed to four, two because the Torah says she should bring it, two because she uh, committed herself, but what is the status of all these additional ones which are just, why are they there? What do they mean? How do you bring all these karbanas to the Beis Amikdash when you're not sure that they need to be brought all together? Especially a karmachatos, which cannot be brought as a donation and if it's either needed or not. So then if it's not needed, you're bringing a carbon which is like Cholun Lazarath, something which is not really uh, necessary as a carbon, may not be brought into the Beis Amigdash to be brought as a carbon. So what is the status of these carbonas? And it's not to be compared to regular Suffolk, like there are situations in which a person doesn't know if he became Tomei, or he doesn't know if he committed a sin, so the Torah has a carbon that has to be brought for that situation. Because over there, you're not sure about whether there was a need for a carbon or not. So the Torah says, I am imposing a carbon on that situation. But over here, we know exactly what the woman is obligated to bring. Four carbonas. All of these additional carbonas, what is that? What, why are they there? There is no Torah commandment that you should bring additional carbonas. So the question is, what is the status of these carbonas? So to this, Rabbi Yeshua brings his marshal of the, the sheep and the seven sounds that come because the, when a sheep dies the sounds that come from a flute that was made out of the thigh bone of a sheep are not the sounds of a sheep at all they're a completely different sound that come from a flute the flute was made from a sheep's thigh and the same with all the other with the drum and so on So the question, but the Mishnah still calls it or they said koiloi, the sound of the sheep becomes seven so Rabbi Shua says in a similar way the original carbonas that this woman has to bring is four. But even though they seem unrelated, the fact that we're not sure what happened and mistakes happened, therefore she has to bring more, they're still related back. They originate from her four carbonas and they are related back to her four carbonas and that they continue from her four carbonas. He's giving the answer that yes, these are holy carbonas and they have to be brought in the base of Migdosh and they originate from her carbonas, just like the seven sounds of the flute and the shoifer and the, the trumpets and the drums are called the sound of the sheep. That's what he's trying to say. And it's not so unusual to find in Torah that the, the origin of something 
the, the cause of something becomes less impactful even than the result. The result becomes more impacting, has a greater impact even than the, or, the original source. In other words, in our case, there are so many more carbonas that are brought as a result of the original four, they're even more than the original ones. How do you find that? That the cause of something should be, or that the result of something should be even more than the cause. So he gives, there we find a few examples that the Rebbe gives. One is, by a sukkah, the schach can be no wider than four tfachim. You're not allowed to have schach that's wider than four tfachim, because then it looks like a roof, like you're sitting under a roof. So what happens if you took a board that's four tfachim wide, and you turned it on its side, which is only one tefach wide. Can you use the schach that way? So the Allah is, no, you can't. This piece of wood becomes like a piece of metal, which is essentially possible for schach. So we see that even though the original problem with this piece of, uh, of wood is that it looks like a ceiling, but if you turn it on its side, it doesn't look like a ceiling anymore. The cause, the result, is that this piece of wood becomes even worse than, than a, piece of, uh, a wide piece of schach, because even if you turn it on its side, it's still considered possible, even though it doesn't look like a roof anymore. So we see that the result can sometimes be outpaced even the source, even the cause of it. Another example is the second day of Shavuos. The Chassam Seifer says that there are certain stringencies which apply to the second day of Shavuos, which are even more than the second days of Pesach or the second day of Sukkot. And why is that? Because the second day of Pesach and the second day of Sukkot, why, does, why is it there? Because there was an uncertainty when they used to be Makadish. They used to set the Yom and Tevim based on when the Bezdin declared Rosh Chodesh, and people didn't know when exactly they declared it. It could be one of two days. So they kept two days. So the whole reason for the second day, Yom Tov Sheni comes as a result of an uncertainty. But Shavuos doesn't have that uncertainty because it comes exactly 50 days after the second day of Pesach. And by the time Shavuos rolls around, everybody already knows when Nisim was established. So therefore, there, it doesn't come out of an uncertainty. We're certain about when Shavuos has to be. So then why do we keep two days of Shavuos? Because we don't want to make a difference between one Yom Tov and the other. So therefore, Shavuos is a certain... It, the, it's not, it doesn't come out of a, a situation where we don't know the situation. We do know what the situation of the second day of Shavuos is. And therefore, the Chassam Saifa says there are certain stringencies which apply. So we see that even though the reason why we keep the second day Shavuos is only because of the suffix which occurs by Pesach and Sukkot, and we don't want Shavuos to be different, yet it takes on an even more stringency because it has a certainty which is not present by Sukkot and Pesach. So we see the same idea that the, co- the cause of something, the result of something could be even more impactful than the cause itself. Now, we can also learn a lesson the, going the other way, that the uh, story of the birds and the kinim teach us about the situation of the sheep and, uh, you know, having one sound and then seven sounds, which is the reason that Rabbi Shua says, from here, we, from, from here they said, they explained about the sound of the seven that comes from the sound of the one sheep. Because even though it's meant to be a muscle to explain the kinim, but the kinim also teaches something about 
the sheep. What is that? As an example, there is a halacha that a, um, an animal that was worshipped as an avadizara can never be brought as a carbon in the Beis Amigdash. The Torah says you can't bring it as a carbon. What happens if, you took, if a sheep was worshipped and then they, uh, they shechted it and they made the two horns into into trumpets and the two uh, legs into flutes and so on are you able to use those two those instruments in the service of the Beis Amigdash? do we say that it's still considered to be a, a sheep that was worshipped do we say no these are, tr- uh, these are the flutes and trumpets which come from an animal that was worshipped but the, sh- the trumpets themselves were not worshipped and therefore perhaps they can be brought as a car, uh, used in the service of the Beis Amigdash. So the answer is that no, it's Kailoi. We say the sound of the sheep is what becomes the seven sounds. The seven sounds trace their way back to the sheep itself. And therefore, just as the sheep cannot be used and Midairaisa cannot be used at, in the service of the Beis Amigdash, the seven sounds that come from there are traced back to the koiloi of the original sheep and therefore they cannot be brought used in the service of the Beis Amigdash. so in other words just like by the kinim even though the origins of these karbonas come from four and then it turns out to something much bigger but they still trace their way back to the original four karbonas so also we consider the uh, seven instruments to be coming from the original sheep and therefore cannot be used in the uh, service in the Beis Amigdash. But then another question can come up that by the story of the uh, <coughs> of the sheep dying, so it's one event that happened which caused one voice to turn into seven. But by the woman and the and the birds, it's multiple levels of mistakes that were made, which is what leads to all of these additional carbonas. So maybe they shouldn't be treated the same. So therefore comes a call along Shimim and Akasha, and he says that the natural uh, the natural state is that when a person becomes weaker, their mind should become weaker, and therefore they should become less functional, in in you know intellectually functional. Yet we see, and that's taka what happens to regular people. But yet we see by the Talmud Chachamim we don't just say that they don't lose their minds. They remain stable. They don't lose their ability to think. We say even more, the older they get, the more they become wise, the wiser they become. So we see that even though it's an ongoing thing, just like by the woman, it's one level upon another, a day after day, week after week, year after year, he becomes weaker and weaker and yet becomes smarter and more wise and more uh, capable of understanding. Therefore we see that, it's, uh, that we see the similarity in this case, even to the woman with the birds, even though by the sheep it's only a one-time descent because it died. The explanation of all this in the Pnimi from the Hasidic perspective, the uh, kinim is the end of say the kachim. Kachim means it represents the Yidin as the holy nation. What is at the very end talks about giving birth, a woman that gives birth. That is a, an indication of the geula because Golis is considered is similar to pregnancy and the uh, Gula is similar to birth. So the Medish tells us that the Andarionus, the Hadrian, the uh, evil emperor of Rome, said to Rabbi Yeshua, is the, is the one lone sheep 
greater than the 70 wolves up, up amongst whom it uh, dwells? How, would the, how is the sheep going to be protected? So Rabbi Yeshua said, it's the shepherd that protects the sheep. The shepherd will protect the sheep. So the question is, we can understand that a living sheep, meaning to say a sheep that comes, that has within it the, uh, the echad, the fact that it comes from Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov and it, and it projects that a unified, uh, a unified voice and a unified goal to be the children of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. It's a living sheep, so then Hashem will protect it. But what happens when it dies and it, begin, it suddenly projects seven different sounds? Everybody's going in a different direction. We're completely fragmented. Everybody has a, thinks of a new way to do it. Do we, can Hashem, will Hashem protect us then too? So the Rabbi Shua says that the, it's, it's the original voice of the sheep which is being projected through the seven voices. It's not seven separate voices. They are all unified and they all go back to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov and they all project the Echad. Everybody is talking about the oneness of Hashem in whatever way we say it and therefore deserving of Hashem's protection anyway. But the question can still be asked. So it's true that Hashem will still protect us, but how long does this have to go on for that we have to live amongst the 70 wolves? So to this, the Mishnah concludes that the, with age comes more wisdom, meaning to say that just like when Hashem took the Yidna of Mitzrayim and He kept us there longer in order that we should be able to accumulate all the wealth of uh, Mitzrayim. And the Yidna said, who needs the wealth? Just get us out of here earlier. And Hashem said, no, I need you to collect all the wealth of Mitzrayim. So also, we have to go through the long Golas in order to be able to accumulate all the wisdom that the Golas gives us. Meaning to say, all the Nitzutzas, everything that we have to accomplish. And only then can it be considered to be a proper Geula. So we also must wait for that to happen. But today that we are ready, the Golas is certifiably an old Golos and even a very old Golos a very very old Golos so now the Rebbe says Hashem should already forget the Cheshbenes and to take us out of Mitzrayim out of Golos immediately through the Golos Shleimah today